1: hey holly hey dave what's going on today
2: what is going on today on the what difference does it make podcast that is the question is it not
1: are you starting to talk like you for you okay okay you've got another question all right another question you give me the questions
2: is that your vinyl answer
1: Oh, the reason Holly is making this pun is that we are guests on another podcast. It's Labor Day weekend. We don't want to do the work. We're going to let other people do the heavy lifting. So uh, we are guesting on a podcast. Holly, what is this podcast that we will be the guest of?
2: We were guests on the Bend and Scoop podcast, which is hosted by Bob Bland. He does this segment called, Is That Your Final Answer? And he asked us a bunch of questions about our experiences with vinyl, which we were all too happy to answer. And we had a great time talking about vinyl. We
1: we decided because we're uh, lazy sometimes, like we don't need to do an episode. Let's just piggyback on top of Bob Bland and his podcast, Bend and Scoop, and answer his questions and make it a what difference does it make podcast episode for your enjoyment. Because, you know, you get to know Dave and Holly a little better, which is good. Do you want to know us?
2: Okay, you're asking that as a question. I would like for our listeners to know us a little better.
1: Well, it was good in that I got to know a little bit about you as well. Some I already knew, in that you can't give a final answer, you have (laughs) to give many different answers. We are guests on the Bend and Scoop podcast, and we're going to now just uh, segue right into what is this segment
2: called? This segment is called Is That Your Vinyl Answer?
1: Okay, so we're going to give our vinyl answers. And uh, we'll see you on the other side of this app. So
0: enjoy.
2: We'll see you on side too, or the B side. We'll
0: see, we'll see you on the B side. Joining me now for a grooven After Party here on Bend and Scoop is Holly Kentos and Dave Sloan from the What Difference Does It Make podcast. Welcome, guys.
2: Hi, Bob. Thanks for having us on.
1: Hi. Good to see you.
0: <laughs> so glad you're able to come on with us. Tell everybody a little bit about what difference does it make, including, hopefully, where the name came from? That's what I'm really curious about.
2: Dave, would you like me to start? Holly
1: is the <laughs> explainer. I have a hard time with words. I don't know why I do a podcast because I uh, I trip over my words all the time. <laughs> Holly is uh, is more effective. So go ahead.
2: Well, please. not all the time, but uh, yeah. Yeah. on occasion. What difference does it make? Is the name of a Smith song? So to anyone who listens to our podcast, that would be they would recognize it as that, and we just. Felt like it it fit. So that is where the name comes from. That's our philosophy as well. Ah, exactly. Words to live by. And we are about, we are an eighties music podcast. We focus with Dave and I both grew up on the music of KROQ, which is the, the alternative radio station in Los Angeles, the the premier radio station. Uh, We grew up listening to it in the eighties and we love the music, have a passion for it. So we decided to do a podcast, Based on the music, we do a variety. We, we've sort of branched out since we first started. We were basing our shows on the K-Rock. We were looking at the K-Rock year-end chart year by year. So we started with 1980, and we we broke down the top 100 songs into 10-section chunks, and we would, you know, we would just kind of analyze them and, you know, give our you know, our opinions on them. And then as time went by, we've been doing this for a few years. As time went by, we had guests come into the studio and do with us, talk about the music with us. People we know from the radio business or the music business or journalists, anybody interested in the 80s music scene. We have guests now pretty much every week. Uh, when we're not counting down K-Rock, we do a lot of interviews. We had Miles Copeland on last week, for example. We've had Gar- Gary Kemp from Spandau Ballet. And those are just, those are straight ahead interviews. And that is the gist of our podcast, Dave. Would you like to add anything? I'll, I'll allow you to speak now. <laughs>
1: oh, I th- I thank you. <laughs> it's just kind of fun to, to look back. We've used it as both a way to look at songs that we grew up on. Because a lot of songs that were played back in the 80s, uh, on this radio station KROQ, no one plays these songs anymore. They're like lost classics that uh, that time has forgotten. So uh, it's we kind of dig those up, and that's kind of fun. And then then when the pandemic occurred, we're like, oh, people are home, and maybe they still want to. Maybe they want to talk. So we've we reached out to a lot of people, and uh, it's been great talking to so many so many people that we respect.
0: Yeah, I was going to say the guest list that you guys have had has just been amazing, and I'm glad you mentioned Miles Copeland because that was the first one. Well, I guess the second one of y'all's episodes I listened to, I immediately went to the 1984 episode because that's the year I graduated high school. So I was like, all right, 84, I'm I'm right there for that one. But yeah, Miles Copeland, man, that was great, and I could not believe I went back. I was curious. I'm like, guy, he sounds so great, but. I wonder how old he is. And I, I look I was like, man, he was almost like my dad's age. He's yeah. born in the 40s. Like, he sounds so young and vibrant and still even with it. But yeah, I love those stories and IRS, man. That's what a powerhouse that was.
2: Exactly. So you grew up on it, too. We, we, yeah. we as we said in the podcast, we listened to anything that came off the IRS label.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, R.E.M. obviously was the biggest example, but he mentioned, I mean, and there's artists you kind of remember, but you forget we're on IRS like Timbuk3 and of and Voodoo and some of those other ones, too. Yeah,
2: you can you definitely re- recommend Miles' book because it was a treat to read about those the artists and his perspective.
0: Yeah, I immediately went to Amazon because I didn't realize he had a book out. And I was like, OK, I definitely got to go get and check that out. And then the K.R.O.Q. Countdowns. I listened to the first one, 1980, because there was the show notes you guys mentioned about why does Holly hate Devo? And I love Devo. So it's like, I want (laughs) to hear what's going on. I think Dave was just kind of having fun with you on that. But, um, you know, speaking of KROQ, have you guys ever reached out to try and have Rodney Bingenheimer on? You know, because he's kind of like, you know, the big figure from the years of KROQ. And I saw that documentary of his uh, was it Mayor of the Sunset Strip. So he's just an interesting guy and usual guy.
1: Yeah, we actually had Freddie Snakeskin on our show. He was the PD program director back in during those days. Oh, uh, yeah. So he was uh, That was a that was actually, I think, our first interview. We we like, well, we, we got to talk to Freddie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think uh, on a national level that Rodney's well known. And we, we could just uh, I think if Holly wanted and I wanted to, we could just go down to Cantor's and uh, and just <laughs> stop by in the booth that he's always in. <laughs> he's, he, he's a he's a man who like he likes his his way of life he you know he, he will every after every show he will go to Cantor's you know he used to it used to be Denny's on Sunset and then it was um it's it was a number of, of different places but right, currently it, it's where Cantor's is his hangout which it I'm sure it has been since since he started in, his, <laughs> in the 60s but yeah I he, think he is a character I'll tell you that
2: yeah the rock and roll Denny's you're talking about I think now is a Mel's diner yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. We also talked to Richard Blade from K-Rock. So, well, oh, nice. K-Rock, who's also in Sirius XM now. So yeah, we're, we actually, we can make a run through the KROQ personalities. Yeah. We're going down the line. We got uh, yeah. Mark
1: Goodman from MTV. We talked with him. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, you know, Martha Quinn will, uh, won't return my calls. So, you know. Oh know. man. <laughs> <laughs> She'll, we'll well, uh, get, but we'll get her eventually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Persistence. Persistence. Um, you know, that era of radio also, you know, cause I'm late seventies, early eighties, especially. And so I, I really kind of draw on that and that's kind of what I do with the music portion of the podcast is I pull jingles and concert promos and things from that era right. and kind of, you know, the anachronism of putting melding those with like 2010 to 20 indie rock. It's like kind of a weird, like, this is the stuff I listen to today if I heard it on the radio when I was a teenager and the whole objective of it really is to try to get my friends who are my age or maybe five to 10 years younger to stop, you know, listening just on repeat to the classic rock loop. You know, they're kind of like anything past 2000, but, um, the eighties, you know, that stuff, the stuff you guys talk about is great. I love that era. So I'm glad you guys are keeping that, uh, keeping that fire going. We're trying.
2: Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're playing some good, some good stuff too. So hopefully you're opening their minds to uh, the whole indie genre.
0: Yeah. And thank you for saying that. I am really trying to find, you know, obscure like, you know, artists that, and thank God for Spotify and their algorithms. I'm finding stuff just in drilling down and the longer I, the more stuff I add to the playlist, the more random stuff that comes up that I've never heard of before And it's like bands that you go on their Twitter account and they've got like 100 followers. I'm like, yes, that's who I want people to hear, these people, these bands, so for sure. All right, so let's learn a little bit more about each of your own personal musical journeys. And we're going to play around with something we like to call, Is That Your Vinyl Answer? And we'll start off, Holly, let's start with you first. What do you remember being the first record you ever bought with your own money back when you were a kid?
2: (laughs) It's funny you should ask. Well, sort of funny. We, Dave and I, we also like to ask our guests this question because it's a, it's a, it's always fun to hear. I've said this one a couple of times, possibly on our podcast, and I can't remember, I remember this as being the first album I ever bought, chose by myself, but I have a hard time believing that I bought it because I was only seven years old and uh, (laughs) it was Donny Osmond, Superstar.
0: Ah, (laughs) Oh, nice.
2: But the the albums that I remember buying, really buying with my own money in the late 70s, were more a classic rock like Boston and Queen, those kinds of things.
0: Yeah, Bands. For sure. What about you, Dave?
1: I actually remember going down to, to Licorice Pizza. I, I don't know if you're familiar with Licorice Pizza. It was a, a record store. I, I'm sure they were in, just in Southern California, Holly. Do you know if they were anywhere else?
2: I only knew of one the one or two in Southern California. Anyway, yeah.
1: yeah. So we had this Licorice Pizza they did these radio spots it was this this woman named Leslie that always talked about what was on sale at the time and you know we were just kids like Leslie she's 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 cute right she's got to be cute right listen to her she's got to be like we had I mean this is you know we're in there 12 13 years old or but she was I mean that was like a almost a radio personality because it was always her on on the radio talking about whatever's on sale in a super cool voice. I I loved it so much. But there was a licorice pizza that I went to and I, I think it was in 1979 with my bar mitzvah money I got this record.
0: Ah yes, get the knack. Yeah, I had the my Sharona forty five. Oh, yes, was not uh, that suitable viewing for <laughs> <No>. <laughs> spectacular. Oh my god, the one yes. forgot the bra that day. Apparently,
1: <laughs> much like Phoebe Cates, I I do like someone will say Phoebe Cates or someone will say my Sharona forty five, and I'll just like go there and like, oh, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Those Hi, are the Brad. yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> that kind of situation.
0: So, yeah. Oh, d- doesn't it, anybody knock anymore? Right. Yeah. Ask ourselves there. Uh, so it's funny, uh, you know, Dave, you answered the second question already at the, by holding that up. You showed that you still have it and <laughs> talked about licorice pizza, which, by the way, that's a great name for a record store. Right. Yeah. I, always I, thought so. I, I really love that. sticking with you real quick, Dave, who do you own the most albums by and which of theirs is your favorite?
1: Well, as I've mentioned on the podcast back in the day, I listened to AM radio and they had radio contests. And one of them one weekend was you can win the entire collection of any artist that you want. And I won and I selected much to my, my dad desperately wanted me to say the Beatles, but I said the Rolling Stones because they had more records. So I got all the all the Stones records up to Emotional Rescue. And so that's that's an easy it's an easy answer for me. I've got them all. But that it was it was great a great learning curve for me as a, a like 13 14 years old to have the Stones collection. And now, you know, like I know most of the you know all their songs now cuz I I played that, you know, constantly on on an endless loop
0: well that was a great choice first of all i love the beatles (laughs) but if i had to choose between the two i'd probably rather listen to the stones on an ongoing basis now which of those records is your favorite
1: oh that's a good question i i i think exile on main street is still my favorite it's uh that's a really good choice uh yeah it's down and dirty i i don't know even as a kid i was like this this sounds forbidden and and like i shouldn't be listening to this or it's there's more going on that I can comprehend. And still, even to this day, same thing. Like, wow, there's, there's, and it, yeah. I mean, you, you like look at the uh, documentaries on exile. Like, yeah, that was, those were some uh, dark times for the stones. And, oh, you know, yeah, And yet they put out this, this brilliant record. It's crazy.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I read the Keith Richards autobiography yeah, me too. earlier about a year ago. And first off, I can't believe how good his memory is to remember all the fine details from yeah. years ago. I'm like, I thought he had fried his brain. Uh, he knows everything. You remembered everything. Yeah. It was really interesting, really well-written. Holly, uh, how about you? Well, Who do you own the most albums by?
2: As Dave knows, I can't answer a question with just one artist. I can't give <laughs> you one answer to anything. I would say, and I didn't go back and count, you 2 and The Cure. Okay.
0: And do you have a favorite album of it by each?
2: <laughs> you want me to pare it down to one again?
0: <laughs> so are you, are you going to give two for each? <laughs> I will, yeah, she
2: does. Well, that. I'll tell t- uh, Yes, um, for you too. Joshua Tree is—it's a flawless album. I think all the way through. Even though I was a fan much earlier than Joshua Tree, I think it's my favorite album, and I love Rattle and Hum and The Cure. I would say Head on the Door. I can give you just one Head okay. on the Door.
0: Yeah, yeah. You too is interesting. I- I agree with you, Joshua Tree is probably quantitatively their best album, but for me, I think I always want to go back and listen to War more than anything else, just because that's when I first heard them, you know, it's like that yeah. entry point where you, when you first discover a band, you love that album so much. That was my You're exactly first. right. Yeah, that was my, the first that's- U2 album I bought. Yeah,
2: me too. That's what drew me in. That was 1983. That was the first time I saw them. Yeah, and that's what drew me in. So I did buy War first, but I just I think all an all around album, uh, Joshua Tree.
1: Well, let's take a break because uh, this really isn't our podcast, but we're kind of piggybacking, and we're going to take a break. You're listening to the What Difference Does It Make podcast, piggybacking onto bend and Scoop.
2: Welcome back to the What Difference Does It Make podcast. We're about to give more vinyl answers.
0: Holly, is there a specific album by any artist that you've purchased more times than any other over the years?
2: That is a very interesting question. And do you mean uh, m- like multiple, uh, yeah, multiple well, of the same?
0: Exactly. It could be, yeah. Like, so like you could have, oh, I used to have the cassette, then I bought the CD, then I bought the record, or there's a a limited edition or an expanded edition that came out, or maybe something got broken or stolen. Just <laughs> the one that you've had to buy or wanted to buy multiple times. Like for me, I would think it's probably either licensed to ill by the Beastie Boys or Dark Side of the Moon. I think those are the two that I've probably bought more times than any other, but there's a, there's a lot of that could fall in that category. You know, who's next. I mean, there's so many, but.
2: I guess for, there are a variety of reasons for that. And you're right. I wasn't even thinking in those terms. I I probably would have to say the cure. This is another one of my favorites, but as Dave and I have discussed, uh, you can't always pick a, um, a greatest hits record for your favorite album. It's not fair. But the Cure, yeah. <laughs> I had the, the cassette and the album, and probably CD of the Cure, "Standing on the Beach" or "Staring at the Sea," however you want to. It's both has both names. I probably bought that in each in each format.
0: Okay, Dave, how about you?
1: I guess it goes to REM because uh, I've, you know, I bought the albums, and then they, you know, CDs come out, and they have the expanded. Um, I was fortunate in that I worked in, in radio for a little bit. So I got a lot of these expanded sent to me. Um, and so I, I, I held on you know, those are things that I held on to. I treasure all of them. Although, you know, I still do you like B-sides or like instrumentals or things that, that aren't fully formed on your expanded list? Does that, do you listen to those?
0: I do. I always give them a, a one listen. Initially, right. what I've, what I've gotten to at this point is on my iPhone, I have like this mega playlist where basically every album I have just the songs that I like from that album are on my phone. So the phone is just no filler. It's like, so, so whenever a new edition like that comes out, I'm like, okay, I'll listen to these additional tracks additional discs that have all this extra live tracks or studio outtakes. And every now and then there'll be something that's like, Oh, I like that version actually better than the album version or whatever. And I'll put it on there. But most of the, it's, it's pretty sparse. It's not the hit rate. The success rate on those is kind of low. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It's rare. It's like, um like the Beatles anthology. Did you, do you ever go back to those albums? Anthology one, two, and three? Like, Oh, I need to hear those records instead of yeah, revolver. Not, not so much.
0: Yeah. Not right. So much. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's another reason why having those, songs just kind of randomly all on that iPhone, they'll just kind of pop up when I'm driving in the car on shuffle. It's like, I would never go back and pull that particular record out maybe, but right. the song comes up and it's like, oh, it's nice to hear that every now and then, you know? Sure.
2: That's a really good idea.
0: It took a, a really long good idea. Time. It, took, <laughs> it took a long time. It took a long time. Because I mean, we're talking like over 10,000 songs, so. Yeah. It was like a multi-year project and it's kind of still ongoing, but at least now I'm screening in advance, like a new record comes out. I'm like, okay, I'm listening to it, but I'm also identifying what songs to put on the, put on the phone.
2: (laughs) So does that mean you're not listening to it just for pure pleasure that you're, you're analyzing it as you're, that's,
0: that's a great point. And I, and I keep having to remind myself, I need to have, time that I'm listening to music just for the enjoyment, because there is so much between the podcast and, and that it just almost like, it's almost like a screening and a work exercise homework or something more than it is just in listening to enjoy it. So there's, there's various times, like sometimes if I'm just driving in the car and I just have the phone on, on shuffle, then yeah, that's pure enjoyment. But a lot of other times there's definitely screening going on.
2: Yeah. Always working.
0: Yes. Always working, always working. Holly, who do you know that has the biggest vinyl collection? And what size is yours? Oh.
1: That's a little personal. <laughs> We're getting a little personal, aren't we? What's <laughs> size doesn't matter,
0: right? Yeah, size does not matter. That's what yes. I, Well, I, that's
2: so. a good thing because my vinyl collection oh, is not very big anymore because back in the day when records became not a thing anymore, we sold most of ours, my husband and I. So, I did the same
0: thing when CDs came out. Got rid of them all. Never should have. Oh,
2: Oh, I feel, I feel, okay. That (laughs) makes me feel a little bit better. So my collection is pretty minimal. I I have a friend uh, who I met in the radio business. He was a radio producer. He's done a million other things, but his name is Scott Payton. And I think he has, you know, a full room at least of of vinyl, probably more. If he ever hears this, he'll probably, you know, (laughs) tell me for saying it was only one room.
0: (laughs) Now I'm guessing Dave probably has a pretty sizable collection having been in radio and, and yeah. in the industry probably with all the promotional items and stuff you've been able to get yes
1: yeah yeah it's a good size but um the guy we had on our podcast mike marone you might know him from the loft at uh with sirius xm he was yeah. the, the program director there he's actually selling all his vinyl now if you want to buy stuff but uh you can go on discogs and found it but his Ooh. his collection is just uh, insane so uh yeah you you ever want to uh get inspired and
0: uh <laughs> now how got, many do you, would you uh, estimate uh do you have dave
1: oh I, uh, it's it's not it's not cute for vinyl uh, yeah it, it's a few hundred uh, yeah probably yeah let's just say a few hundred we'll we'll, okay. we'll, we'll keep it at that <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. dave sticking with you what would you say is your favorite mom-and-pop record store. I know we mentioned Licorice Pizza earlier. Oh. Is there any currently going that you uh, yeah, enjoy li- popping in on?
1: Licorice Pizza is long gone. There's, um, in Sherman Oaks, where I live, down the valley, there's uh, Freak Beat Records that I love going to. Uh, it's It's small, and during this pandemic, they would only allow three people in at once, so there was always a line to get in if you wanted to, and they have Can big eat? sales. Occasionally, they will have they have their once a year, once or twice a year. They have a, a sale on vinyl where their dollar selection is down to a quarter. So I, I always like going to, to the and kind of wow. breezing through that. The, a lot, a lot of you know, a lot of it is worth maybe not worth a quarter. Sometimes I will even hold this up and going, do I want this? I'm like, oh, it's a quarter and I'm, it's in my hand already. So you know, I go,
0: that really takes me back because <laughs> when I was a kid, my dad would go to the record store and this is like early 70s. And he wouldn't, being so young, he wouldn't want me to. Wouldn't spend like a money for a brand new record. I'd gotten a turntable, so he's like, "Okay, you can get something from the used section." And the used records were all a quarter. So I loaded up on the Grand Funk back catalog. <laughs> that job. was like my first big quarter binge purchase. <laughs> so yeah. good investment. Yeah. yeah, at the time it was great. Howie I love proof. Them.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, Holly, is there a record store you enjoy? Frequenting or remember fondly?
2: Yes, I remember uh, quite a few fondly. And Dave is going to have to re- uh, jog my memory. Um, when I was a kid, I shopped at also Licorice Pizza, Moby Disc. We had a great a great store called Moby Disc. And then the warehouse and Music Plus were our, our chains. But there was also a Ticketmaster in the warehouse. Or I think it might have been in Music Plus. So a lot of time was spent there. My local store is now Record Trader, Time Warp. Those are the ones near me. I don't go in often anymore, but the record collector. There was a one on Melrose that I used to go when we were in college. Was it Adams? Do you yeah. remember? Aaron's. I think Aaron's, 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 Aaron's records. Yes, I used to go there in college a lot. All my XTC records and
0: yeah. Ah, XTC. Yes, yeah. very good, very good. Holly, what's your all-time favorite cover song?
2: I was, here, I was trying to pare this down to the very last minute, like right before I got on this.
0: You don't have to video. limit yourself to just one. We've already established that. We're bending oh, the rules you. for you.
2: Thank you. <laughs> okay, I'll say them fast so I don't take up so much of your time. But uh, the first one that came to me, I love Duran Duran's cover of Fame and any of their David Bowie covers I really enjoy. Uh, Erasure did a lot of ABBA songs, which I really like. Rush has done quite a, a few covers um, Mark Ronson and Amy Winehouse did a, a cover of Valerie that mm-hmm. I, that is really great. And <laughs> the Bay City Rollers, I only want to be with you. Oh, ah. which was that, that, um, uh, Dusty Springfield. Yeah. And last, what's so funny about peace, love and understanding Elvis Costello, which was a Nick Lowe song.
0: Exactly. And for yeah. years, I didn't even know it was a cover until <laughs> after it had been Same out.
2: here.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: No Tainted uh, Dave, Love? what about, yeah.
0: <laughs> um,
1: well, actually, I as I mentioned, R.E.M. is my favorite band. I have a band ah. this, this is called Superman. This is from Life's Rich Pageant. By, Great song. By R.E.M. But, well, there's a cover song. I didn't realize it was a cover song at the time, which is always fun. This was by a band called The Click uh, from Dallas, I believe, or Houston, I think. Houston, Texas. Um, so I still have this. However, I opened it up because, you know, it's like 30 years old. You can't tell, but it is, it is warped. It's just, uh, it is just not, (laughs) there it is. Yeah, it's, I did not take, I took, yeah, I don't know. It survived a lot, but, uh, it did not survive like being in my garage for, (laughs) for a bit. I will never throw that away, but you know, it's, I, it still brings me great joy.
0: That's a great pick because that is a really good song. And I also, for a long, long time, didn't know it was a cover either, especially, you know, an obscure artist like that, you didn't, right. you know, at least with Nick Lowe, people heard of Nick Lowe, but the click.
1: Yeah, right. You know. <laughs> and also, it, it was almost like a hidden song, too. I remember on Life Rich Badge, yes. like the album was over, and then maybe like five seconds, five to ten seconds of silence, and then all of a sudden this other song came on. It was, was kind of before yeah. CDs had hidden tracks. REM hit was, a track, almost.
0: I was going to say they kind of were forerunners of that trend, because in the 90s, the hidden track was all the rage. yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: That was always a thing.
2: <laughs> well, guys, That's all you got, Dave. That's it. <laughs> I, I I pick
1: one, Holly. I know you like to go. You can't just pick one, so yeah.
2: Okay, hey, sorry, I I blanked on the Rush songs, but it's um, "Heart Full of Soul" and the Seeker is actually really really good. Oh wow! Rush did a cover album, yeah. So definitely worth checking out. So okay.
0: Yeah. Sorry was, for for uh, no. all the
2: covers. <laughs> no,
0: no problem, no problem. The Seeker is a great tune. I see you got your Simpsons Who poster in the background. I love. <laughs> my favorite show my favorite band together again awesome (laughs) i do have you're
2: like you're like like brothers separated at birth
0: i Uh, think so pretty much i mean i even have a sticker on the side of my car where it's the it's basically the who from the simpsons but homer's in the air with the mop on his head doing the windmill guitar (laughs) it's great guys thanks so much for being on what social media contact do you want to share as far as Each of you and the the show, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, Facebook.
2: Dave?
1: No, this is is Holly's (laughs) department. Holly is our social media (laughs) person who who thrives and uh, and drives our our social media presence. So take it away, Holly.
2: Thank you. Well, so WDDIM Podcast is our website. You can find us on on social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, WDDIM Podcast. We have a YouTube channel. You just have to search for what difference does it make podcast. We do lots of outtakes from from every show. Dave, have I missed anything? New episodes every Friday.
1: New episodes every Friday. Yeah, we're, we've been pretty good about that. So that's
2: yeah. yeah. I think I that cover everything. Yeah, Did, And it's <laughs> another like,
0: thing we share. Like and uh, subscribe. This podcast also does new episodes every Friday. Okay. So we're Friday Friday buddies. Friday always on my mind. Another a Bowie cover song, right?
1: Yeah, Friday I'm in love. Yeah. I am we can back go to on.
0: the back to the cure, back to the cure. Yeah, it all goes <laughs> awesome. back to the cure. Awesome.
1: You're a you're an arrested development fan, you must be, right? Yes. Okay, cuz yes. I saw you you had Bob's blog and I'm like, okay, this this guy better know that uh, this, this arrested development uh reference. Bob
0: Bob Laws, Bob blah blah's Bob law Say it. Yeah.
1: Bob's law blog. Blah blah yeah. blah. Oh,
0: <laughs> well, there yeah. is always money on the banana stand. So. <laughs> That's
1: right. Uh, I've made a huge mistake.
0: <laughs> I've said that to myself more than once since I started this podcast.
1: Oh, yeah, just I, when
0: I'm editing, especially.
1: Yeah, oh, I've made I a get huge you. mistake. I get
0: <laughs> Well, guys, God, this was really fun. I I enjoyed this quite a bit, and um, y'all show is great. Like I said, the the episode I've already listened to three. I'm going back and trying to catch up on some of the other episodes, but. Uh, I, I love the guests that you have on and the, the whole 80s focus, early 80s especially. That's just, I just love it. I love it. Well, thank you so well, thank much.
2: Thank you. Thank you Thank you for having us on.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And folks, give them a listen. What difference does it make? Check it out. Great show. Guys, we will see you again soon. Thanks for being on.
1: Sounds great. Thanks a lot. Take care. And Thanks, Bob. Okay, so we had a good talk with Bob Bland. It is Bob Bland, not Bob Lands, like for like Disneyland. This is Bob Bland.
2: Yes. Yes. Bob Bland is the host of the Bend and Scoop podcast, and we were very happy to be his guests.
1: It's fun to hop chat on with to, other podcasters, chat with other people that podcast and see what they're up to and learn a little bit about them. If people want to learn more about what difference does it make, what should they do? Holly,
2: check us out on YouTube. We are posting daily new segments outtakes from a lot of our interviews and you can find us on all social media at wddim podcast
1: yeah if you are listening on your favorite podcast platform subscribe apple podcast subscribe pandora collect every friday there's going to be a new what different does It make podcast so until next time this is dave
2: this is holly check you later over and out